the wrestling podcast about nothing is brought to you by bda radio bda radio doesn't break news they break the news with their wild commentary regarding mma and wrestling head on over to bdaradio.com and check out all of the latest news on the ufc bellator wwe and much more they are proud to be the voice of fans because they are fans themselves bdaradio.com I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dimension? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to episode 27 of the BDA Radio exclusive edition of the wrestling podcast about nothing on BDARadio.com and the podcast radio network. I am longtime pro wrestling referee Mike Crockett, and I am joined, as always, by independent wrestling veteran, the kingpin, Brian Malonis. Hello. Hello, Michael. How do you do, sir? Oh, I do. You doing it? Doing it live. You're recovering from this past Sunday, Brian, as am I. It was an, a, a somewhat impromptu ending of the hiatus. <laughs> what do you mean you're recovering? <laughs> it was a long, arduous bout. <laughs> what was it now? For me, anyway. I mean, I, it was... <laughs> What what was it? Half hour long match? How long did that thing go? <laughs> Six minutes. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Just see that way, I guess. <laughs> All right. Um, we never really talked about your entrance music. We talked about it. <laughs> we talked about a lot of things in detail this past Monday on the NAI Network when we were live from Fenway Park. You can go back check that out on the New Age Insiders Network. Be sure to subscribe. But yes, we didn't mention. We neglected to mention. Your theme for the evening. How did that come about? <laughs> I didn't really give them my music uh, ahead of time. So I said, oh, I'll just play anything rock or whatever. I said, yeah, play Britney Spears for all I care. And they played Britney Spears. It's okay. I owned it, man. I sang the shit out of it. You sang every single word. <laughs> it was uh, Shades of the Chaotic Idol, Aaron Stevens. I don't know. I thought it was good, Michael. I thought it was good. We will we'll move on here. Uh, make sure you share this podcast. That's uh, something that we uh, haven't talked about in a while. We want to grow this thing. We want uh, a big community of people. Share the podcast on Twitter, on Facebook. That lets more people see it. That lets more people listen. And that lets more people, uh, you know, all come together and enjoy this thing together, the WPAN. Another place where you can uh, come together and enjoy podcasts is the Putting Over Podcasts Facebook group. All you got to do, look that up. Just put in the search bar, Putting Over Podcasts. Join. I will add you. It's uh, a group of podcasters, including me, including Brian, podcast fans as well. And we're all talking. We're sharing podcasts. We're talking about the best of the week, the worst of the week. We'll uh, talk about anything over there and Putting Over Podcasts. So make sure you check that out. But uh, as for this podcast right here, the wrestling podcast about nothing, coming up, we've got Merv Griffin time. That's where we get your thoughts and answer your questions. Plus, one more treacherous titter will be immortalized in our Heel Laugh Hall of Fame. But first up, 
Usually, we discuss a different topic each week, voted on by our listeners and followers at the WPAN on Twitter. But this week, we're going to do something a little different because this past weekend, our friend Brian made his return to Ring of Honor Television. And, uh, you know, we're going to kind of break it down for you here. We're going to talk about it. Get into a little bit of detail about uh, what happened here with Brian's big return to uh, ROH TV. And if you want to follow along, you can watch the match on the Fight TV app. Or, uh, you know, starting today, it's available on ROHWrestling.com. What, which episode is it, Brian? Oh, uh, shoot. 305? It sounds the right 305, uh, I think, yeah. Okay, so the match was yourself, the Kingpin Brian Malonis, versus the Beer City Bruiser, accompanied to ringside by Silas Young, his pal, so even before you came out to the ring, Brian, this is at, of course, the Lowell Memorial Auditorium where I was in attendance. Uh, I make a little cameo appearance during the match. <laughs> you sure do. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this is a few weeks ago, the day after the Best in the World pay-per-view. And that on that show, the Beer City Bruiser put Jay Lethal through a table. So uh, I think, you know, both of us knew going in that a win here was unlikely for the Kingpin. <laughs> what do you mean? Because the night before, Beer City Bruiser put one of the uh, top guys of the company who they're calling the franchise of Ring of Honor, Jay Lethal, he put him through a table. I was out there to defend the honor of my longtime close personal friend, Jay Lethal. Really? Of course. Why else would I be taking on the Beer City Bruiser? Because that's how you were booked. <laughs> right? Oh, you take all the fun out of everything, Mike. I sure do. So, Brian, as kind of a newer guy in the locker room, um, of course, Beer City Bruiser has been around a couple years now. He was in the Top Prospect Tournament a year or two before you, right? Uh, yeah, I believe he was in the year that DiJack won. So, as like a newer guy, how do you approach putting a match together with a guy who's already established? Do you just kind of acquiesce to him? How does that work exactly? I mean, we were both on the same page, uh, in all honesty, and, and and I mean, I mean, definitely understand the matches. To uh, I mean, I mean, everybody knows knows what that type of matches, and that matches to put him over. Um, but I mean, I, I certainly had my times to shine, and I was instructed to have my times to shine, and that match came together really easy. It was, I, I think, we put that match together in about ten minutes. Uh, in all honesty, uh, it was just two guys on the same page with the same kind of line of thinking, and. I mean, it's not even a matter of, of established or not established. It's more a matter of what's the goal of the match. Um, the goal of the match is, the, I mean, he's in a featured spot in Ring of Honor right now, and um, I'm not yet. So, I mean, I hope to get there, and that's what I'm working towards. But, um, you know, it, it, the match was for was for him to get to get a win on TV. That's, I mean, I think we all know that. Was it a matter of like a guy like Beer City Bruiser? Was he happy to be in there with another big guy, or was it uh, like almost he's the big guy in the promotion and you're kind of encroaching on that? Did you get that feeling at all, or was it more of you know, oh great, another big guy? No, no, I mean not not at all. As far as like, it's it's funny um, a ways back when. You know, first came about that I was, I I indirectly officially found out I was in the top prospect tournament from the Beer City Bruiser. Um, there have been kind of rumblings about it, and I kind of sort of knew, but somebody must have had a conversation with with him, and he congratulated me and was excited to have another big guy in the promotion. And we had talked that at that point, like, oh, hopefully we get a chance to 
to wrestle down the line. Um, no, he was, I mean, he was happy again that we were wrestling. And I mean, I haven't run into a situation yet uh, in the Ring of Honor locker room where I have felt unwelcomed, out of place. I'm just able to be me and be, you know, professional wrestler and not worry about, am I going to offend somebody? Am I going to step on somebody's toes? Am I going to, all the stupid things that we were probably stupid for worrying about when times we went to TV, but to just go and conduct myself as I would in any other locker room that I'm in. That's as a positive contributor to the environment and a positive contributor to the show and just be myself. And it's a welcomed thing. So it's, um, my experience in the Ring of Honor locker room so far has been awesome. Can't say enough good things about it. And I, and, I, and that's not just because I'm angling, you know, the, uh-huh. I mean, I, obviously my goals are, are what they are with Ring of Honor, but I, I think uh, I'm at the point in my in my life, in my career, where if it was an unpleasant experience, I just, I would probably remove myself from the situation. I wouldn't put myself through, as we've documented on this podcast, some of the walking on eggshell type situations of going to like WWE TV. Uh, I wouldn't put myself through that anywhere at this point in my, in my life or my wrestling career. So, you know, it's not, it's not just because I'm angling for a job. It's, it's the truth. And I thoroughly enjoy the opportunities of not only performing on the ring of honor shows, but to be in the locker room around those guys. So is, is that what it is? Is it, is it that you're at a certain point in your career, you're at a certain experience level, at a certain age, that uh, you know that you'd be comfortable there no matter what. Is it something like where if you went to WWE, you know, next week, would you be more comfortable just because of where you are in your career and in your life? Perhaps, but I, I, I think there it's. I never felt like, and it's not their job to go out of your way to make people feel welcome, and they're obviously very busy the people at, at TVs, but the people are very busy at the Ring of Honor television tapings as well, and yeah, you know the feeling. <laughs> I'm trying to yeah. describe it, but it can be a very uneasy feeling, and I don't know that anybody goes out of their way to make it like that. It just is what it is, and they see you know, nameless, faceless, local guy in every market they go into on a weekly basis, So, um, and that may be part of it, but I, I don't know. It, it's nice to people make the time of day to you. it's nice when just people acknowledge your presence as a forget as a wrestler but as a as a human being makes you feel good like you know sometimes it's like you know the times we've gone to tv it was like well fuck me why am i even here <laughs> i feel like i'm a nuisance and it's good you have a bunch of pals that I mean, that must help as well you know walking into a ring of honor locker room with a bunch of guys you already know yeah exactly um i think that part definitely helps too but at the same time, I've gotten to know, you know, some new guys in there and just feel comfortable around them as well. Um, I mean, even amongst like the top guys who are in Ring of Honor, I, I don't feel out of place just saying hello and having a conversation. And maybe it is. Maybe you're, maybe you're right, Meg. Maybe it's just a place I'm in at life and in my career. But the environment just feels, feels different to me. Let's get to the match. Speaking of uh, pals in the locker room, Bobby Cruz, you did get an entrance with an introduction live, but uh, of course, when it came to the television show, you know, that everyone's seeing across the country, it is already in the ring, (laughs) Ryan Malonis. Uh, The only thing I was mad about that was I didn't realize it, and I should have picked up on it because the cameraman wasn't filming the uh, the roving cam when I came out uh, and I took my t-shirt off before my official introduction for television and I, and I wanted to get my t-shirt on TV. 
Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, now you know better next time, Brian. You know better next time. And then, well, <laughs> next time, maybe you'll get an entrance. Maybe, maybe I'll have a have a uh, entrance video next time. Well, we'll we'll have to uh... <laughs> baby steps, right? <laughs> you did have some highlights here that they could definitely put on a video. We'll talk about it. Bobby Cruz didn't say you're from Manchester, New Hampshire, not Rochester this time. Yeah, well, he said Portsmouth last time. Okay, okay, it was Portsmouth. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Which which he, he did he did do on purpose. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you did get confirmation of that. Uh, well, I mean, as much confirmation as you're going to get. I, th- I think a big smile and a well, I'm not from Fall River. <laughs> was all the confirmation I needed. <laughs> He's from Fall River, though, right? That's what you guys have been telling me all these years. I mean, that's that's everything that I've heard. <laughs> so he announces you as Brian Malonis, no Kingpin. Why do you think that is? Is that like uh, because Ian Riccoboni does call you Kingpin Malonis throughout the match? Why why no Kingpin on the uh, official introduction? You think why no Kingpin? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's been kind of back and forth. Uh, my first round match, they didn't reference Kingpin on like the graphic or in the introduction or anything. And Hammerstein, I don't know if Bobby Cruz announced me as King. Kingpin Brian Malonis, but the graphic when I came out definitely said Kingpin Brian Malonis, and then this time it was back to just Brian Malonis. I, I don't know the rhyme or reason or if anybody was even paying all that close attention right. um, to it, to be honest. Mike Posey is your referee for this match, and uh, I just figured I'd get that in. So you knew going to this match... <laughs> we, need the, uh, we need the OVP podcast. Who cares? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> you knew uh, going into this that you'd be the baby face. Is that... Uh, less than ideal in your eyes because you're more comfortable as a heel. I am, but I mean, especially with the reaction from the local crowd there, I, I mean, it, it fit in the situation. All right, so let's get right to the the crossbody from the Bear City Bruiser that you catch. You catch this man and you give him an overhead fallaway slam. Yeah, that got quite a little reaction uh, on social media. Well, live, and then like since the clips came out of it and everything, and it's just been on TV quite a bit of feedback on social media about that i mean it's very very impressive the crowd obviously enjoys it as you mentioned uh, how did you enjoy it oh that was fine uh, oh, I no mean, it was no problem for you getting him over like that no not at all i mean wow i'm a pretty strong guy buddy okay <laughs> what have you never seen me wrestle in 15 years well i don't know I mean, that seems like i don't think i've ever seen you manhandle a guy of that size i've literally caught two men in the ring at the same time while you've refed numerous occasions but you know you didn't then toss them over your shoulder <laughs> true that that's uh that's a, a feat all on its own and uh yeah i just want i guess i'm acknowledging how uh, impressive it was just by the fact that i'm uh, really putting it over here well i'm quite impressive <laughs> i guess so <laughs> um silas young pops up to distract you and you turn and uh, you're hit with a uh, Beer City Bruiser drop kick, which is pretty impressive in its own right. And you kind of tumble out to the floor. And then the Bruiser does a front flip onto you. Well, kind of onto you. You kind of catch him, but not really. Um. Oh, boy, everybody's a critic. <laughs> Easy for the retired guy who was the ref to say. He, he was okay after this, after you just basically let him fall on his ass on the floor? <laughs> he was fine, Michael. <laughs> All right, let's go to the big spot, Brian, the superplex. The big, bad superplex. Very surprised that the, uh, you know, the ring didn't explode like you know, every five years on Raw and SmackDown. But uh, it was a big superplex. <laughs> Whose idea was it to do this big spot? Both of ours. We were talking about him going up and me stopping him. And 
needing something to do, and I thought the uh, superplex was a good idea, and he agreed. Uh, and no reservations on either guy? No, none at all. There's like one moment where Bruiser's foot kind of slips as he goes to kind of, uh, you know, post it up there. Was that like a little uh, moment for you where you're a little like, uh-oh? No, nah, I mean, we're still okay. I knew he was still getting his footing or whatever, but I wasn't worried or anything, and he just needed an extra second, and it's communication, buddy. It's communication in the ring. They, what, there is? <laughs> All right, now, now you're going to do the, <laughs> oh, we're talking in kayfabe. <laughs> uh, the thing about the superplex, the close-up made it look less impressive than it was. I wish they went to like the hard cam angle on that. It didn't look as big as it could have, I think. I think if they had that angle from the uh, balcony, I think it would have looked a little more impressive. Sure. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a TV I mean, It was not. impressive live completely, but the, the way it was shot, you know, they stayed on, on the uh, floor camera, and I, I, I think it would have looked better if it was the hard cam angle. That's just my opinion, I guess. <laughs> well, Todd Sinclair does listen to this uh, podcast, so you can... Uh... Maybe Todd, pass I, hope that along. I hope you're taking notes from, from <laughs> Mike. <laughs> You'd hit the big uh, backsplash, and that that is uh, something that the people at ROH enjoy. Yeah, I mean, as far as I as far as I know, yeah, uh, it was funny. In the, in my tryout, it was actually Todd who said uh, asked me if I still did that. And actually, it's been quite a while since I had done that, and um, thought it would be a really good idea in the tryout camp to incorporate that and. Got a really good reaction at the camp, and so I made sure to fit it in to every match so far <laughs> with Ring of Honor. So you go back to the uh, second turnbuckle. You tell Silas to shut his mouth. You jump off. You miss the uh, leg drop on Beer City Bruiser. He goes to the top, hits that big frog splash, and you know put Jay Lethal up for 29 days. The Kingpin ain't kicking out of that shit. So it's <laughs> one, two, three. And the BCB, the Beer City Bruiser, goes over on our friend Brian Malonis. It certainly wasn't a squash match. It was very competitive. You definitely got a chance to shine. Um, what happened when you got to the back? Good feedback? Yeah, I mean, as far as I know, everybody was happy. Um, I, look, I, I, think, I think just in general, not just a Ring of Honor, but uh, anywhere when guys get these opportunities and it becomes about moves and becomes about... You know, I can think of a way to stand out, and it, it becomes about the moves. And for me, it's just been about I'm going to do whatever job they ask me to do. Um, if that's to be the featured guy in the match, that's what I'll try to do. If it's to make sure the guy I'm wrestling is the featured guy, then I, that's also what I'll do. And that was my goal going into that. And I, I like I said, it definitely wasn't a squash match. Uh, I'm very grateful for the opportunity from Ring of Honor, and then and then also from the Beer City Bruiser giving me that opportunity to shine and showcase and you know but yeah as far as i know everybody was really happy and just like i said after the second round of the um tournament i i strongly feel like it's not the last time you're going to see me in a in a ring of honor ring on on ring of honor television i'm very confident of that i feel very good about that like saying that so do you know what's next for the kingpin and roh currently i don't know um i mean i know what my goals are but you know i don't have a um definitive plan or definitive anything right now but you never know what the future holds and again i i'm, I'm very confident that uh when the time is right for them um that you'll see me back on television and performing on their shows um i feel like i said i feel very good about my relationship with ring of honor and from what i understand i, I believe they are they they are happy with me as well and i think it's something where 
we're going to work together again at some point uh, in the near future. Fantastic. It's very good to hear. And uh, I would see no reason why not. Uh, you know, seeing this match, it was a great match. You know, everyone got over in the end. And that's, you know, that's, that's the dream right there. That's the dream. And, you know, the crowd was really into it as well. So, I mean, if you want to go back and watch this, it is indeed ROH TV number 305. You can watch it on the Fight TV app. And it goes up today on ROHWrestling.com. And, uh, yeah, go see the Kingpin versus the Beer City Bruiser and uh, give us some feedback. Uh, let us know if you enjoyed the Kingpin's match. Let us know if you've enjoyed us talking about it here on BDARadio.com, at the WPAN on Twitter, and at Facebook.com slash the WPAN. Let us know what you think of this kind of analysis breaking down the Kingpin's big match in ROH. So uh, thank you very much. And Merv Griffin time, folks. That's what it is. It's Merv Griffin time, named for Brian's favorite episode of our favorite show, that, of course, being Seinfeld. We're doing voicemails, though, over on the NAI Network edition of the podcast. So get yours in now. We will play it on the show. We didn't have an opportunity. We have one, but we didn't have an opportunity to play it uh, live from Fenway, so we'll play it this Monday. But uh, get yours in as well. Call 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. Get your voice on the air this Monday on the New Age Insiders Network. But the way you can participate here on Merv Griffin Time is using our hashtag on Twitter, hashtag WPAN. Last week, Brian, I went solo here on the podcast. You were... Uh, I wish you were talking so low we couldn't hear you. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> um, so, yes, you were uh, on assignment. Hey, Mike, I went down to Atlanta, GA. I, uh, I, I, I was trying to find Bad Street. I was hoping I could uh, get a job with Georgia Championship Wrestling, and then that had closed. And then I'd heard uh, they got bought out by Crockett Promotions, and I heard that that closed because they got bought out by WCW, which also apparently closed, Mike. The wrestling is dead in the South, my man. Oh, my goodness. My goodness. <laughs> Book in the territory with Mike Mills, our good friend. Brian Fury is going to be on there coming up August 10th. And I guess they... Uh, They're going to patch things up. Yeah, I guess they uh, get into burying me as well, as you guys did uh, a week ago Monday <laughs> on the uh, WPAN on the NAI network. And, uh, you know, last Thursday I was, I was alone. I was happy to be alone after that Monday, episode 65. And Randall, at Randall Keough on Twitter says, Jeez, Croc Socks, after listening to the first five minutes of the WPAN, I'm wondering if you're going to change your Twitter handle to Sad Boo Boo Face. <laughs> Brian, there's only one boo-boo face in this podcast. Ugh, you're a piece <laughs> of shit. <laughs> oh my god, that takes me back. That's a, that's an inside. That's another inside joke there. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Randall also says, "My best never to be the world champ has to be the million dollar man Ted DiBiase or the big boss man." I never thought about the big boss man. That's a good one. But uh, yeah, last week on the podcast, I was by myself and I was talking about the best wrestlers to never be a world champion. Uh, Big Boss Man's a good one. That, that is a, a good one. Uh, Scott Hall says, at SM Sports Guy, I did bring that up. And at OK Fabe, our friend Connor said Roddy Piper. And that was my number one pick, actually. Noble PHA, he is at PHA Noble 357, says Ernie Ladd, the Ooh. big cat. Wow. All right. I would have never come up with that one. Thank you, Noble PHA, for uh, checking on that one. You know, Mike, here, here's one, and, and uh, 
What about Killer Kowalski? He was introduced for the uh, IWF as a former world champion. I, I, like it was like the really? IWA. Yeah, it wasn't a major promotion, but uh, yeah, yeah, that, that's a good. I, I will, uh, I will accept that. Thank you, <laughs> <laughs> John Stryka. Not striker, striker. Striker. He is at JL S T R I K A eight oh six. He says Greg the Hammer Valentine. I don't know about uh, Greg Valentine. Uh, Greg Valentine was very good. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't know if we consider him the best to never be world champion. Uh, Steven, our buddy, or my nemesis, your buddy at HHH guy two thousand four says, "Who can forget Mark Miro? Never a world champion." Oops, nope, couldn't get through that with a straight face. Yes, <laughs> no, Marco. <laughs> Mero. <laughs> okay. uh, he says uh, seriously British Bulldog Davy Boy Smith is his pick and that's a good one he got a lot closer I think at WCW than he did in the WWF when he first went over the WCW he was in the main events you know teaming with Sting and all that stuff but didn't get the world title there TK at T-Hog 94 Ravishing Rick Rude and that was one of the controversial ones I talked about. Yeah, like Rick Rick Rude was a was like the was he like the WCW international inter- yeah, international world champion. champion. I, I I guess he's a former world champion, but it's uh, it's you know it's not uh, cut and dry. Let's say Jay Duckets says Mr. Perfect, and that's another one where uh, he as Mr. Perfect, of course, he wasn't a world champion, but he did win the AWA World Championship as Kurt Hennig. Yeah, I mean, this one gets a little easier if it's um, just WWE champion, but it's but you were going with world champion. Yes, there were. Uh, I mean, in the heyday, there were three, at least three, recognized world titles. Of course, the NWA, AWA, WWF. So I did word it world champion. So in that context, Mister Perfect, I don't think would qualify. Uh, Mad Dog Matt Storm, of course, a uh, local professional wrestler slash promoter. He is at Mad Dog Matt Storm. Thank you for checking the show out, Matt. He says, best wrestler should never be world champ, Arn Anderson, William Regal, and Roddy Piper. What do you think about those two? I mean, we talked about Piper. Arn, Arn Anderson, I mean, Arn Anderson and William Regal, I think, kind of in the same boat, I guess. Um, I'd, uh, maybe Arn Anderson a little higher on the, on the list, maybe. He was kind of always the bridesmaid because he was, you know, always with Ric Flair, of course, who was the world champion every other week. So. He really got pegged as like a tag team guy as, yeah. as well. I mean, I think, I think William Regal's one that's a great worker, but there's, there's more than just being like a great wrestler that goes into being somebody who would be considered the world champion, I think. And you think William Regal was, was missing something? or I, I think when I think of William Regal, I, I think of like a guy who during maybe the heyday of, of the Intercontinental title, he would have been like the perfect guy for that, the, the Intercontinental Championship. Do you think maybe too much comedy to be a world champion? Was it too much, you know, the the crazy facial expressions and all that kind of stuff with, uh, you know, Tajiri and everything? Did that kind of uh, work against him being taken seriously? Yeah, I, I guess, perhaps. I don't know. I, I just, this is one of those questions to me where it's like, it should be, it should be like automatic. It should be, the person should just scream, um, "World champ!" Yeah, it, and if it has be, to be debated, it's it you should know, be, it's, yeah. To me, it should be it should be obvious. It should jump off the page at you. 
I got you. I got you. Okay, that's enough for best guys to never win a world title. Let's talk about this past Monday's episode, of course. Again, we were live at Fenway Park. There was a big wrestling exhibition as part of the El Mundo Latin Family Festival at Fenway Park. And Brian Malonis was a part of it. And yes, so was your uh, humble host here, Mike Crockett. Uh <laughs> Todd Prost, he says, wow, WPAN, dominating and taking over Fenway Park. Great job, guys. Kingpin, I always enjoy seeing your posts on here and Facebook. See you soon. Todd Prost, thank you very much. Bill Neville says, Scotty Slade is back on the NAI network with an all-new inside... Wait a minute. Yes, Scotty Slade did join us on our show. He was not on the Inside Perspective this week. There still isn't an Inside Perspective, which is uh, (laughs) curious at this point. Uh, I love it. (laughs) All right, Glenn Abbott. He is at GA WrestleNut on Twitter. He says, great job potting from Fenway Park especially with having to do some championship defending and hiatus breaking. Yeah, we were all over the place that day, weren't we? We were, uh, <laughs> we were talking next to garbage. We were uh, sitting in the locker room. We had our little nice little perch on the back. We were in the championship lounge. We are all over the place. Eating sausages. <laughs> sausages. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Dean sausage. <laughs> yeah. I ain't from the north. <laughs> I'm a southern man. <laughs> Little plump. <laughs> All right. Does anybody know what that references even to? <laughs> no, look up, look up uh, Jimmy Dean's sausage um, uh, voicemail or, or complaint on, on YouTube. It's uh, fantastic. You have to go look that up. Uh, Space Aladdin at Main Event Swerve. He says, so at the WPAN, does the extended hiatus only end when Croc Socks is wearing black underwear? If he wouldn't have, <laughs> would it have continued? Well, that's a question for you to answer, Mike. I, mean, I guess it was just uh, it was uh, pure luck. It was just uh, <laughs> black underwear day in the rotation. So Mike only comes out for the big shows, the stadium shows, major, and, and, not, and not, none of these minor league stadiums, just the major league ones. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if you want to go that direction, sure. Uh, <laughs> Uh, at main event swerve also says he was talking to uh, Davian, davy n who was your tag team partner on that day and our last guest on the podcast we had a number of guests on we had the closers a uh, big tag team from western massachusetts we had bo douglas who coordinated the entire event and of course female wrestler women's wrestler davy n uh your protege brian and main event swerve says after listening to your japan story what did you dread more dog poop issues or exploding ropes and weapons <laughs> man that's a tough choice well, D- Davey will have to answer that one but uh, I, gotta, I gotta tell you Mike uh, I think she's the uh, the best partner I have uh, in pro wrestling so I feel like uh, you know if you keep you know giving me the business here on a weekly basis uh, I think I think Davey could probably slide right in oh boy here we go here we go alright I'll have to be on my best behavior then won't I <laughs> well, probably not. I'm, probably, I'm sure you still shit on me. All right, finally, moving on. David Raddy's question of the week, Brian. He says, why does Cody Rhodes not use his real name, Cody Runnels, in ROH in New Japan? 
The WWE can't own the rights to someone's real name, can they? Referring to him just as Cody feels a little strange. What's your take on this, Brian? It doesn't bother me. Dustin Runnels was, uh, you know, Dustin used Dustin Runnels for a time in WWE. Yeah, I mean, I think, because I, I, I almost feel like just using the Cody and everybody knows what his damn last name is, is a bigger middle finger to WWE than if he just used his real name. Okay, I see. What you, yeah, that's my take on it. I, I, it doesn't bother me because you know what his last name is. Um, everybody knows what his last name is, and the whole thing is completely foolish, anyways. That he can't be Cody Rhodes. Yeah, it's how does that even work? Just because he came up through WWE they as trade, Cody Rhodes, they trademarked it. They bought all the trademarks from WCW, and it just doesn't make a lick of sense. And it's just kind of petty. I mean, I thought. I mean, he didn't leave, you know, with bad blood. I don't think so. I don't understand why they would keep this from him. It's it's silly, but I I think yeah, I guess I can see what you're saying there. That just calling him Cody, everyone knows he's Cody Rhodes. Everyone in the world they seem to pick and choose the ones that they um they go after. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm on a show with Billy Gunn coming up, and it's it's okay to call him Billy Gunn, but I think they tried to fight Ryback, but he changed his name, and yeah, he he like literally changed his like his legal name. Yeah, and uh, then you know Cody they've gone after, but then like the Boogeyman is okay to use that, so it's well sometimes he's the Nightcrawler, Brian. <laughs> Have you seen that? No, every show I've been on with him, he's the boogeyman. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, Thank you to everyone who's a part of Merv Griffin Time this week. And we look forward to talking to you on Twitter. And we will bring you the best of it next week on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing on BDARadio.com. I mentioned it before, Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. Two podcasts a week. Sunday is the Smoky Mountain Wrestling Show. Thursday is their flagship show where they're talking about World Championship Wrestling, the old Saturday 605 shows. They've got some great interviews with Ian Riccoboni. They've got an interview with Tracy Smothers coming up. And, of course, as I mentioned, Brian Fury, where they're sure to bury me. So make sure you check out Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast, wherever podcasts are sold, or MikeMills.Podbean.com. Check in the boots. Wrestling podcast with referee Tony S. Chip K. Fabe. Happy birthday to Chip. We're recording on Wednesday. Today is Chip's birthday. Happy birthday to him. And uh, give him a little birthday present by downloading the new episode of Checking the Boots. It actually just came out today, Wednesday. So it will be available on Thursday for you to download and enjoy. Wherever you get your podcasts, you can find Checking the Boots. And finally, the Rundown Wrestling Podcast with Jason and Adam. It was good to see them this past week. At Fenway Park, both of them were heavily involved in the show, and you can hear them probably talk about it this Thursday on their flagship podcast. And of course, they do the rundown sit downs. Jason does uh, with stars from around New England. That is returning very soon. So make sure you, uh, you know, on your usual locations, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Podomatic, get the rundown wrestling podcast. Subscribe now. And Brian on this podcast. We have made an effort to establish a very unique, very exclusive Hall of Fame. Now, in life, as in wrestling, the number one way to tell people that you're up to no good is through laughter. I hearken back to the immortal words of one Tarzan Taylor. He says all it takes is that one over-exaggerated guffaw to let everyone know you're pure evil. So with that said, I am humbly submitting this week's inductee to the wrestling podcast about nothings, He'll Laugh Hall of Fame.
Todos, escúchenme. Everybody, listen. <laughs> to me. ¿Qué pasa, los lupacos? <laughs> My name is Armando Alejandro Estrada. And tonight, I got a something special for you. Ha <laughs> ha. Ooh, my God. Kingpin? Ha <laughs> ha. What do you think? Ha <laughs> ha. About the latest inductee? Ha <laughs> ha. Into the ELF Hall of Fame. <laughs> I forgot how much I liked Armando Alejandro Estrada. How did I do, Mike? How did I do? Yeah, you did very well. You did very well. Good job. Yeah, it was a thing where he was too entertaining for his own good. I remember that uh, he, originally he was, you know, doing his thing with his name, and you just heard, um, and that Brian just so eloquently uh, <laughs> duplicated. But he, uh, yeah, I guess he started to get over it started to get over people started to do the old sing-along with it so it ended up being shortened he was just armando estrada after that and they didn't want him to introduce himself by name because he was getting over kind of and they didn't really want that (laughs) no he's a heel yeah he's very entertaining and of course ooh, my god (laughs) (laughs) and of course you know a great little uh (laughs) <laughs> laugh after just about every <laughs> line and uh that's what he laughs are made of right there brian yeah and he was like he was a throwback to uh to the days of heel managers which was a good thing i think i i, I enjoyed heel managers and it was nice at that point in time that they actually had one and very traditional obviously uh you know in the role he played but Still very good. I still think it's there's a there's a place for that in pro wrestling and I mean Paul Heyman shows it every time he's on TV that there there is a place for good heel managers in in pro wrestling still. And I don't think it needs to be to the extent that it was in the 80s where every heel had a manager, but I I, I think I think there's a place for it and I wish there was a little more of it. And yeah, he was one of the most uh, entertaining guys in that era especially and uh, Umaga of course was a uh, a great talent so it was how a great a great package yeah how fucking good was umaga <laughs> it was just a, a just a great uh you know it's a great package all around umaga and armando estrada and you know great packages mike thank you very much to check out <laughs> this hall of fame inductee in all his glory find the link to the video in the description of this episode or go to the wrestling podcast about nothing page on bdaradio.com. Okay, before we get out of here, Brian, you're packing your bags, about to hit those highways and those byways this weekend, doing that pro wrestling gimmick. One more time, where are you headed this weekend? I'm heading to Worcester, Massachusetts, <laughs> Mike. Beyond Wrestling American Rana. The, it's mat- the big one. Yes, the matinee show. Uh, that, of course, will be headlined by Bobby Fish of NXT most recently, taking on uh, a guy who I'm going to confront, Mike, filthy Tom Lawler. All right. Time he hears all about, uh, you know, my unhappiness with the uh, digging up of Brian Buffet. But I'll also have my hands full with Ace Romero taking on Ace, my former XXXL tag team partner. Tickets are just half price for this one, so uh, go to beyondwrestlingonline.com and get your tickets uh, to come out and see 
Um, not only the old, I, I, I actually believe, uh, well, by the time this, this drops, last night at 10 o'clock, they put 40 additional tickets on sale for the evening show of Beyond Wrestling, but that's sold out in a matter of uh, hours, I think, uh, when tickets initially went on sale, or maybe it was like a day or so. But yeah, a lot of demand for Beyond Wrestling, and uh, happy to be a part of it. I have a special message for Tom Lawler from the UFC. Please... Punch him in the eyes, not in the jaw. He needs to be able to talk on a podcast next week. Okay? He doesn't have enough hair on his peaches to lay a hand on oh, me. Oh, my goodness. There's no weight classes in professional wrestling, baby. All right. Well, we'll have to see. We'll have to see what happens next time, uh, next Monday on the NAI Network, and next Thursday on BDA Radio and the Podcast Radio Network. <laughs> and if you want to book the kingpin, if you want to beat him up yourself, email brianmalonis at comcast.net or DM him on Twitter at brianmalonis. And for more on the wrestling podcast about nothing and to check out BDA Radio's MMA podcast, A Man Walks Into an Armbar with Chad Alden and Paul St. Amon Jr., head on over to your home for MMA and wrestling talk, bdaradio.com. Okay, as I mentioned, we'll be back next Monday with episode 67 of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing on the New Age Insiders Network. Make sure you subscribe there. Then catch us back here for the next edition of the WPAN on BDARadio.com and the Podcast Radio Network. Until then, he is the Kingpin Brian Malonis. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko, and thanks for nothing. <laughs>